I feel like it's been forever since we've had comics. Really? I don't know why. Last week it just it feels so long. Well, well, this week is here. It's so here. That's something. That's something. We got new books. New, lots of things to talk about today. Lots of things. Welcome to the XY Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm just a Today, 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 we got two Infinity Comics. Two that we both binge read five minutes before we started recording because we forgot. There was no need to expose that. I'm exposing <laughs> it. We have Secret X-Men, number one, X-Deaths of Wolverine, number two, and New Mutants, number 24. Hooray! Hooray! This is the so second time. many comics. This is the second week in a row that I have... I think put Wolverine at a higher rank initially and then readjusted. I don't know why. Like, what are you expecting is going to happen? Do you think every issue is excited? I I just enjoy the story. And then uh, these other sleeper hits like Sabretooth, I was not expecting. And this New Mutants issue, I was not expecting. So you're saying you think New Mutants was better? Yes. Than Wolverine? Yes. Okay. You you disagree? I will get into that. what, What? I do. I disagree. You disagree. Oh. I enjoyed the New Mutants issue, but I wouldn't say it was better than Wolverine. Oh, well, we're going to have some saucy discussions. I think we both agree, though, that nobody likes Secret (laughs) X-Men. Don't be mean to Secret (laughs) X-Men. I liked... Listen, I'll I'll tell you what I felt about Secret X-Men when we talk about it. I wanted to like it more than I actually did is really what I walked away from it. Yeah. I like the concept of it. Yeah. And I like some of it, but... Hey, we're jumping around. Yeah, all we gotta crazy, focus one thing at really a time. Nilly. The new Marvel Legends wave was fully revealed in boxes put up for pre order. Oh, the other day. So you ordered one. I ordered a wave. Yes. Yes. I, it's the first time. So there was a price increase. Oh my goodness! And it's the first time that I have not gotten the Wolverine. Like normally, the Wolverine doesn't come with a build a figure piece. It's the one that they make two of, and I just. It was the combination of the price increase and the fact that there was no builder figure piece. I didn't feel like I needed to. I don't know what to say. Just, How will the other 463 Wolverines feel? I, I honestly questioned that myself. And I was like, well, Hot Claws, that's different. you know. That's But that's really the only difference is that he's got the Hot Claws. What does that even mean? Hot they're Claws red? Wolverine. Yeah, they're kind of on fire. It's a whole thing. Okay. You don't know about it. Well, you don't have that one, so how are you going to sleep at night? I don't know. What are you going to do if it's sold out and then you can't get it anywhere? Well, it's Wolverine, so he'll be two per case. So I'm hoping maybe I'll catch him on the other side and it'll be discounted. These aren't coming out till November. Wow. So what am I going to do until November? You don't think there's going to be any new action figures that come out? Not X-Men ones. Those are the ones I'm always hyped about. Legion of X introduced... Mother Righteous, a new character. I saw that. Yeah, so a new character coming at you. Not really sure if they're a hero or a villain, but... It feels like a hero. They're important. March, April, time frame, whenever that happens. Sometime in the spring. Devil's Reign had its fourth issue this week. Mm-hmm. You read issue three and you're interested in reading some more, so I don't know. I got I got all four issues pulled out if you'd like to, to jump in. We will revisit... Devil's Reign X-Men, not next week, but the week after. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably read it. <laughs> okay. I'm just excited because you read a non-X-Men comic and you liked it. You said that you were going to keep on reading it. 
Yeah. I say a lot of things and then time happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I'll read it in my own time when I want to for joy purposes. Oh, what's that? Don't know. Hey, there's a there's a book it was announced today. It's kind a of an book. odd question. It's a trading card book about the original series of the X-Men. That's what I was showing you. Oh, yes. Earlier. Okay. So the original trading card series from 1992, 30-year anniversary this year. So they made a commemorative book, including the front and back of every one of the cards. So you can check out all the art from Jim Lee and interviews and rough outlines and digitally remastered sections. Someone right. was like, oh, I just want you to sell me the cards. <laughs> can I just buy the cards? Well, I'm sure you could. And so they'll have them at some point in their anniversary celebration. Re-releasing them of some kind. I'd be yeah. into that. What are you going to do with them? Can you get a binder and put them like Pokemon cards? They'll and... sit in the stack of the. Those are. Yeah, why those are those cards. You have them all. Why I, do you need I'm to not get the a person reprint? that was saying it. I'm you just telling said you a story. I would get them. I would. <laughs> but you they'd literally be different. have them. Yeah. They're right there. They wouldn't be different if they're a re release. What are you talking about? Maybe they change it. Maybe they add new special. Why don't you just go buy another Galactus while you're at it? Can't buy another Galactus. And why would I have two? What am I going to do with two? I don't know. Why don't you get another Mark Robert? I would get another Sentinel. That's for sure. But you can't. I mean, I could. It just would cost more than I want to pay. Yeah, you're not going to. Hey, let's talk about comics. All right. Because that's what we're here for. Okay. Secret X-Men number one. It's a book I read. It's got a cool cover. I'm excited to see all these characters. I'm a big Look fan. Look them go. Big fan of Lionel Francis Yu and really like their art on the X-Men run. A lot of people kind of had critiques on the scratchiness of features from people, but I always liked it. This feels, you, know, you have all the X-Men that didn't make the X-Men. You have the X-Men artist that got pulled off the title. It just feels very like we're doing a reunion tour of <laughs> everybody else that was kind of involved. Yeah. I mean, the the cover is beautiful. Yeah. The colors are also great. It's very action-packed. Makes me want to dive in. So Yeah. You know all those, all those characters that you maybe wanted? Here they are again. Here they are. It's a, it's a one-shot or maybe more. Who knows? I don't know. Do you buy it? I, I wonder, and I was thinking about this, to what degree does Marvel analyze fan opinion in addition to like sales? Obviously, mm. sales make the, the make decisions. Make right? yeah, book. But- fan reaction and opinion to inform what they do with a, a title or a creator or anything else like that. You know, I've seen a lot of negative reactions to this issue in particular, and it's definitely a setup to a story we might get at some point sometime. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think they, they have to consider it to some degree. Like they, they put it out, they see how it sells and then they see the reaction of the people to whom they sold it to, and then they wonder, would these people buy it again? Right. I'm, I'm asking, like, does does Marvel read X Twitter? You know, does, does I'm anybody... sure there's someone from Marvel whose job it is to just read X. Just Twitter. check out to to listen to different things. Yes. And to, to just get scan the internet for what the people are saying. Honestly, I would love that job. Marvel at me. <laughs> All right, ready? Yes. Page turn noise. 
Into the bird raves. <laughs> Here's my problem with this book. You ready? Berto. I don't care about him, and I don't want to read a whole book about him trying to get laid. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what this is, right? That's the start of it, or that's what causes this entire title to be a title. Right. To a degree. I guess we get some later on reveals of I mean, what was or wasn't. I mean, there's an overarching something going on that seems important. Yeah, plus you have these champagne peeing robots. That's <laughs> They're not peeing. It's leaking out of her. All right, sure. It's like, oh, God. It's a part of the robot. It's a robot. <laughs> okay, anyway, we're at the bird party. I do like the full page. I, I enjoy the art. Oh, yeah, the throughout. art is gorgeous. Yeah, the facial features and just the layout of this. this full. It's got all the details. Everything that's been set up so far. Hey, bird rave, death bird. Champagne robots. Sunspot. He's getting all crazy. I thought he was in love with Deathbird. So why is he going to go to a party that he knows Deathbird's going to be at and then start hooking up with some other chick and then be like, oh, hey, Deathbird, want to do a three-way? Let's get it. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I think that's exactly why. But but also, it seems like they're not on any certain terms. He has expressed his love for her, but she's also... You know, pretty high-ranking Shi'ar. But last time we saw them, weren't they, like, together? Not really. Last time we saw them, I think it was when he was continuing to pursue her. And he bought property on Chandelar. Chandelar? Chandelar. All right. Well, she's not having it, and she needs to hire the X-Men for yeah. this top-secret mission. An ally outside of the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. And she even thinks that he's the leader of the X-Men, which Why I think is ridiculous. Why would anyone believe that? I think it's ridiculous because this whole book comes out of Sunspot lying to get laid. Exactly. <laughs> Title page. Shh. It's the X-Men. The secret X-Men. Written by Teeny Howard. Art by Francesco Mobley. Color art by Jesus Arbertov. And letters by Clayton Cowles. PC's Clayton Cowles. All right. We're digging in. We got a data page. An email. An unsent email draft. Thought it was interesting to note Marrow does not have an email address or she is not on this list. And I wonder if that's intentional. Yes, I matched the email addresses to the individual characters. It's I think I did that, but... It's Heather time for Tempo. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like boom, 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 boom at email.gracoa. Cassidy's. Cassidy S. The Guthrie fam. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. Engineering at email at Dr. Koa. That's Is that Forge. Forge? Yeah. He doesn't put his name on it. Engineering. Just contact my department. Yeah. But anyway, the boys be making pasta. Right. Well, and in that email, anyway, the, the nothing really ever gets sent. It's just, hey, here's kind of the impetus for this group. They were I all talking together. Yeah. At the Hellfire Gala. Let me just catch you up on that that you didn't see. We saw those like mini comics online as they disqualified various people but that mm -hmm. was really the only interaction that we saw of this as a group right correct amundo it's cool to know that the x-men also play hypothetical x-men lineup <laughs> yeah and, that is cool and they strategically do it based on power set yeah when i was reading that honestly i was like oh my goodness this is how justin would like describe it if we were making a team like if we were doing an action figure set up and i was like okay let's build a team and you're like okay well you have to have this person you have to have one of these and you got to have this and you got to be tactical about it and yes. i was just like oh i just want to put my cool friends on the team well maybe that'll work maybe not 
I really do enjoy the scene between Sam and Bobby. It's probably the most fleshed out character relationship in this issue and touches on their relationship throughout the issue. Like th- mm-hmm. This feels very much so the core of the character dynamic. I'm trying to pick out positive things that I like. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think that was that was a good character moment. And it also gives you this side of Sam, like yeah. the dad side, the homebody, like just living his life. Mr. Responsibility. I love the pasta line. Yeah. It just it sets up Sam's good nature and Bobby's arrogance and thinking how he's Bobby's suave. arrogance doesn't need setup. It <laughs> it's just like exudes. shouts at you. Yes, yes. Nonstop through this whole issue or every time he's on a page. I, just, I love the tempo line of just. I'm not sure that's how tempo's power works, but oh, well, let's ask her. What she's downstairs, dude. I gotta say, boom, boom, and tempo in this issue. I did love. Like tempo was it for me in this issue. Tempo was the representation of how I feel because she was basically like, all right, whatever. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to do this. And I, what I am doing, I'm not getting recognized for doing yeah. And I'm saving the day left and right. Yeah. All right. You blorks. We all showed up together at the same time for these unknown plans. They don't know about the vote. That's what we know, right? From the data page, we know that these are all various people who just wanted the spot on the X-Men and happened to talk to each other later that night at the Hellfire Gala. At the party, Gala. yeah. They don't know that we voted for right. them. They, they, that never happened in world. It's just a spontaneous group that happens to coincidentally be the same group. Right. And we're going to go do this mission for Deathbird. We got to go. Let's go. Oh, Sam. Your wife is here. Everyone is missing and the Imperial Guard looks dumb about it. <laughs> Sam says, again? She's missing again? Gladiator, like, I mean, a lot of people want to steal her, so what do you want? What do you want from me? I'm just trying. <laughs> this is just how it is. It's just interesting how this situation falls into their laps because Sam is home. Like, these other random mutants that Izzy doesn't actually know any of them, they're here intentionally for a problem that we just told you about well because because birdo got them all together so like Deathbird said to him hey i have this thing right. and then he was like hey everybody remember that thing we were talking about let's get together and do it and then this other group comes in and is is comes to sam right and so they get asked to do the same mission from two sides right well my question is Izzy, not Smasher, not questioning the fact that you've already assembled a team and we just told you about this thing. Like you, you have these seven mutants that I've never seen before in our lobby or at our front door downstairs, and we just told you about. I this think problem. it could be just expected that Birdo would just show up with a bunch of mutants at your house to All have a time. party without your consent. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and with Boom Boom in the mix, you know, you can't tell is it a party or is it really work? <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. How much did you hate Bobby saying to me, my ex I despised it. You hate the line, though. I feel well, like... it's not that I hate the line. I just feel like it's overused. Yeah. I, mean, I would agree in the short time that you've been reading comics, you've seen it a number About of times. About 5,000 times. Like seven, maybe tops. I think every title has used it at least once. We'll have to fact check that. No. Somebody fact check for me. Call me out on my ish. But yeah, I was just like, it's just it's just him it's just everything about him right no i know that and that's why i'm trying to like call out some other things because i i read it a second time and i enjoyed it a little bit more than i did the first time because a lot of it felt unnecessary or 
I don't know, just very circumstance, very I mean, I out think of nowhere. as an issue that's supposed to be like just a fun little One nugget shot. for the this is like for the fans, right? These right. are those characters that we, you know, got you hyped up about, but now you didn't get to get what you wanted from them, so we're gonna give you a little ditty. Yeah. I think for that, it was entertaining. Um, I just personally wouldn't have chosen Birdo to be the center of the story. <laughs> like I just he makes me want to punch him in the face. And yeah. I just so you, when it starts out being about him, it's hard for me to get into it because gotcha, gotcha. I don't want to fought like if he was if he came up to me and was like, hey, guys, let's do a team. I'm the leader. I'm in charge. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go. Yeah. No, thanks. I don't want to be on this team. I will warn you. I'm pretty sure he owns the Red Lagoon now. That's fine. The space bar. Yeah. Good. I'll just go to the green one. <laughs> He'll be involved in X-Men Red. Shh. Well, this is a big deal, though, this team, right? As they're talking about the stakes of intergalactic mucking around, the drama in the behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Both of these sides have asked them to do essentially the same thing, but whose motive do you trust? And also Forge is there. Forge <laughs> just feels like he's like the dad of the group. Forge and Banshee, uh, honestly, you'd think may have been the, the likely leaders, co-captains <laughs> of this team, but they didn't put it together. And that was a more classic, you know, mm-hmm. Forge and Banshee led a alternate team of X-Men, kind of a secret team in the 80s. Oh, that's cool. For a few missions, issues in, in finding Jean Grey. But at least they have costumes. Yeah. What do you think about Matching these costumes? outfits. I like them. I'm into them. I like that X. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And we get, we're finally, we're here with our, our full concept of the secret mission, right? I felt like it was a little clunky getting it all out, but I like it as an idea. Mm-hmm. This, I'm giving you this job and I'm, I, I later reveals kind of change it up a little bit more about how I feel, but. Right. But I do like the way that they divide the team and I love the way Marrow's just like, I'm going out. Yeah. I'm going out there in space. I'm going to try this bone spacesuit and if i die whatever 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 we get but did uh, to go back to the the suits did boom boom have the jacket as part of that's a different jacket i'm pretty sure than what she was wearing before who is it where's she at no it's not that's the boom boom that's a boom boom way she's already basically wearing her costume yeah she just threw on a new jacket over the new suit no it's actually a different top but no she just that's just she wears that jacket that's her Accessory, always accessory. That's where she stores all her bottles of booze in those big, trenchy pockets. Same way like Gambit always wears a trench coat. You know, Boom Boom always wears a trench coat. At least now. (laughs) Cedri in space. (laughs) Random attack as they're on their way to, where where are we going? (laughs) Oh, we got to go find Deathbird, right? Yeah, it's (laughs) it's not random though. It's because they've gotten close. And they can't. We get a they little must be deterred. We get a little figuring out our spacesuits and uh, our space battle, right? So he called out the the bone suit, which I thought was interesting. Looks cool. Mm-hmm. Gives Marrow something that she's been cooking on. Kind of a circuit with Guido and Sam, but not really. The kind of he charging him up. I don't know. It just feels like a lot of hullabaloo to do the thing. Like we're we're gonna talk about the thing before we do the thing. We're gonna talk about the suits before we go. Outside, and then we're going to talk about attacking before. We attack. What's with all the arms? 
Does he always have that many arms? I think it's because he's got multiple suits stitched together to fit him. Oh, I see. But no, he is a two-armed person. I was like, what is going on here? So there wasn't enough material of one suit, so they stitched a bunch of suits together, but they couldn't take the seams off, the sleeves off? Well, he was, you know, Forge was doing it quick for function. And then now he's got all these shoddy work. Shoddy work for Forge. Forge would do better than that. (laughs) Well, Tempo wasn't slowing it down first. No. So they do the fight. They fight off the Sidri. It's some cool art. I oh, do yeah. Like the, the battles are epic. The battle scenes. And, and this Banshee move at the end where he like goes out into space holding his breath and unleashes a scream at the Sidri as everyone dives into the ship. Yeah, that was pretty dope of Banshee. Let's call out Boom Boom with the sunglasses and hot beverage look. I feel like she pulls it off more than Polaris does. Like I believe it so much more because she's nursing a hangover than boom, Polaris boom. is just like, ah, I need boom, coffee. Boom Boom is like, I need coffee to survive this. To live, yeah. Sunglasses and the hot beverage look. You know, every X team needs one now, apparently. Mm-hmm. Do like the power combo of Tempo and Forge figuring out the flight path. Otherwise, what were they just doing? Just wandering in space, hoping to find what was next? Isn't that what you do in space? I guess. if When you don't know clearly where you're going. it's You're just, just looking. They're just looking. They're just looking for her. The vastness of space. Uh. It's very daunting. Sunspot is trying to take credit over Forge and Tempo's combo for finding the flight path. But I just feel like that's going to set him up for some rockiness later on. Everything you do is going to set you up for some rockiness later on, he's, man. He's team co-captain, right? So that means anything that happens... Under his leadership, it was his that's idea. That's not what it you know, means. That that's, means. That's that's incorrect. That's, that's a terrible manager for you. That is not how you lead, man. No, I, I do. Like uh, as they're exploring, nobody seems to want to be led by Sunspot. No, and I. It's like I had a moment of maybe a little bit of compassion for him when he says, "Roberto, you're a winner. You are handsome." He is jealous because you are younger and prettier. And it's like, okay, so clearly the the reason that he is such a jerk all the time is that he just has no real self-confidence and it's all a facade to yeah. like boast himself up. But like that's, it's not working, man. Just be a real human. Just mm. be real. I'm sorry, you're not a human. Just be real. A real being. People will like you better. I mean, it is an interesting dynamic between them all if played out kind of a great point just the difference of experience and and cockiness and and who is in charge versus you know banshee does not want to hear this from sunspot no of course he's a veteran right we get a nine panel to figure out hey we got to hit the ice i tried to figure it out we forgot to bring a psychic (laughs) oh you didn't do the you didn't do the puzzle no we had a password puzzle in our comic book no I didn't do it. It was too hard. Justin, did you do the puzzle? Of course you did. Of course I did. What are other words all? Gladiator. Shear. Xandra. Yeah, I got that one. Deathbird. Ah. Oracle. Okay. Chandelar. What's the answer? Scrambled. It spells allies, which Xandra does say later on in the issue to kind of give you the true. reveal if you didn't want to do. I, I like word games. Honestly, my wordle skills were it's, helping me out. Yeah. It's not my favorite. No, Board it, games make me feel dumb. Oh, and it definitely is not what I'm looking for in my comic books. No, sometimes I would have probably been excited. Like, I like to solve a puzzle, but just 
board games can sometimes make me feel dumb. <laughs> well, there's a gate on the other side of this door. Only mutants can reach the secondary location. Interesting. It's an interesting twist, right? For these non-mutants to be hiding behind a gate in which only mutants. I mean, Zandra is a mutant. Oh, right. Because she's Charles's daughter. And that tells you on the other side of this gate, before we get there, we, we have to fight the Sidri again. One, One more, time. more time. Well, actually, well, two more times probably. Sunspot and Cannonball get in their action sequence because they wanted it. You all stay back over here. <laughs> we want to flex. But we make it to Deathbird. You did it, and you did it fast enough before I made you think you failed because the entire thing was a test. Yeah. I asked you to find her, but I was with her the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, she told him. She was like, I'm going to take her to a secondary location, and I want you to come and get me. <laughs> That's basically it. And also, the thing with the Imperial Guard, I set that up, too. Did anyone send you here except for me? This action sequence is everybody is just ready to throw down. Mm-hmm. And Xandra, with the telepathic peak at their intentions and the reveal she is the reason they were all brought together and the reason for this mission that's why there was no psychic i, I was just blown away she's a psychic on the team right right and pulling the strings you know if a psychic was on the team maybe they would have heard mm-hmm. and hey sidri again we're gonna stealing Deathbird. we're gonna steal Deathbird away third time's a charm uh, they get away with it and that was not part of the plan not now and it's something that they'll never know because it gets erased from their minds and shelved for who knows how long. And that's why you're my secret X-Men. You're my secret X-Men. Shh. These, the, the, art, the action art in this book is so good, though. Yeah. So good. And just a really consistent, good-looking color palette throughout, especially these last couple pages, the yellows and the purples and the blues all coming together around the suit colors. Yes. It's very popping. Mm. It's on and popping. But you know what else is popping? Look at that ponytail boom boom's rocking. That is a big pony. It's a high pony. That's a high, long pony. Everybody's hair looks fabulous in this. It always does. Krakoan, Modok. Modok. We get a tease for the real X-Men at the end of the Secret X-Men. Ooh. Burn. What'd you think? Big thoughts. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice little moment, but I'm fine if that was the last one. <laughs> it's, when, when you take a deep breath <laughs> and you slowly, individually tell me the words of how you feel... That's when you are at most diplomatic. That's when you are at like peak diplomacy. It was a book and the art was nice and I laughed sometimes. I just feel like my opinion is my opinion, but I don't want people to think like I'm sometimes I'm like really harsh about certain comics and I don't want to come across like I'm angry and bitter. I just. You want more. I want you want better. Better, yeah. <laughs> but I but the, but someone worked hard on this. Someone right. wrote this. Like someone came up with this story and I, I I value and appreciate that work and that art and 
that not every piece of art is for every person and that there are people who really adore and love some of these characters and probably really enjoyed this book. Yeah. And so I'm not trying to like, you know, no, it's very diplomatic. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I was also looking to find the positives. I thought overall this was not the best X comic that I've ever read or recently read or That's a true statement. Week. You know? Uh I as I was thinking about it, this feels like Teeny Howard doing Jonathan Hickman's X-Men run. Like I'm gonna take a random bunch of people with a random problem. And set up a story point for much later. Well, it's also, it is, that is a good point that it's a random bunch, right? So I wonder if they went to Teeny and they were like, okay, so. Yeah, who pitched this? We need to do a story with all these characters who are going to have real, re- real weird relationships with each other. And there, there were none. There were hardly any relationships. I mean, that's, that's one that's, of the things. That's the, that's the reason it's not as enjoyable, right? Because the character relationships help make the story enjoyable. So you right. just, you you set up a weird thing by just throwing all these characters together and being like, they're a team. So it's not, it's an, a difficult recipe, right. you know? There was no cohesion. Mm. I just, I felt like this was, you know, to Teeny's credit, this was more in tune with the individual characters and their voices mm-hmm. than many of Hickman's issues. But the plot wasn't anywhere near as interesting or convincing. And it showed what it was pretty early on, you know, and the fact that it's a test and we're trying to you get these two sides and like, you know, some information and they don't. And here's the big mega reveal. And- yeah. I mean, I don't know that I I didn't expect that what the the end result of it being a test. I thought there was like some shady Shi'ar business going on. And I mean, technically there is. They don't know who they can trust in the guard. Right. And so that's kind of. I, but I wasn't expecting it to be like, you are my secret X-Men. You know, I thought it was going to be like one of the entities was going to find out that they were double crossed mm. by the other. I, I like to think about and talk about, and we've we've talked about it previously, reasons why a team comes together. And initially we're sold the idea of this being Sunspot's doing, which I thought was kind of weak and felt forced together. And that's why I feel like from the start, I was like, I don't know about this. Does the Xandra orchestration reveal make it any better? That she brought these people together for this specific reason, that she saw something within them and and trusted in them? No. I honestly think it makes more sense that they were just a bunch of drunk people at a party that were like, (laughs) hey, want to do an X-Men team? Yeah. We should be the X-Men. Guys, guys, we should be the X-Men. Because, I mean, that's kind of what we get hints of is that they were the noblest in their pleased to be x-men and then didn't commiserate didn't bash everybody they just celebrated each other and lifted each other up afterwards that they were you know so here's my next question within that was zendra spying on all the mutants voting or at least all the party goers afterwards to hear that this conversation was happening she must have been i i didn't see her at the gala also which i I don't know if that was a specific thing Mm -hmm. that i missed and maybe she was there maybe she was there I don't know. I don't recall. That wasn't one of the things I was looking at at the gala so closely. So So you mentioned one and Tempo, obviously I knew and Tempo and Boom Boom. Anybody else stand out for you in this issue? Anybody else that you're like, oh, well, this this really served this character well. Banshee. I haven't read a lot or experienced a lot with Banshee and I thought he really stepped up, you know, and was like, okay, Banshee is a key player and I am seeing him, him showcase that and i haven't personally experienced that in many of the comics that i've 
read. Yeah. So it was cool to see him as a character flourish and have some cool moments. It was like everybody was workshopping something on their own at home. Like Banshee had his his special scream that he'd been doing and Marrow had her. Yeah, I was going to say and Marrow and Armor, you know, getting to see both of them in action in a way I haven't before was cool. I mean, seeing everybody, I I feel like a story like this, the intention of it is to feature a bunch of characters that we don't normally see. Right. Speaking of kind of like X-Men Unlimited that we totally didn't talk about at the beginning of the episode. The first Infinity comic. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going out of order. It's, it's We're going rogue, everybody. That's fine. Any character that you want to see more of after finishing this that you're like, this is if you could pick one and you can't pick Tempo or Boom Boom because those are your standouts. So I guess of the rest, would it be Banshee, Armor, Marrow? Marrow. 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 Dylan will be happy to hear this. Dylan, I'm team Marrow right now. Get that woman an email address so she can jump on the next team. On to the deaths. On to the deaths. Any any other last questions or thoughts? Or? No. I thought you were going to ask me which character I wanted to see less of, and you know the answer to that. Berto. That's why I didn't ask. Berto. Well, I, I, was, I don't think I've ever seen him referred to as Beto. Mm. And so that was, I was confused as to what should I call him in this episode. I always, I knew him as Sam and Bobby. Yes, a lot of names. Everybody has a lot of names. Roberto, Berto, Beto, Bobby, Sunspot. Yeah, I don't know. I'll call him something else. Yeah, you don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Deaths of Wolverine. Ex-Deaths of Wolverine. Technogan coming for your face. Mystique sneaking behind your back. Talk about Moira on this cover looking so innocent. You're going to die, Moira. Sorry, girl. I love it because this cover works as both a layered concept and a forced perspective, right? It's like mm-hmm. you could layer these and this is just something we created, but also Technogan could be staring at your face while Mystique is sneaking up behind you. Yep, that's true. All this could be happening. Well, let's talk about it. Here we go. Page turn noise. Moira on the run. She's aggressive to this man. We thought she was doing small crimes in issue one, but we keep going. So many small crimes. I have a hard time seeing Moira and just remembering all that she's conceivably gone through. So much of it that we only have glimpses of, you know, just her fight training, her layers of intelligence, the years, the lives. We've only seen so little of her and and most of it's been kept looking like the reserve scientist that matches my mental image of her. The thing that I grew up knowing Mm -hmm. who Moira is, but that's not like, that's a lie. That's not who she is. That's that's who she was at one time, but she is, I mean, she's a bad lady, but she has the potential for a lot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the situations are pulling that out of her. It's just interesting to think about the depth of her character that has not yet been explored. We've only given her little tidbits of what has been expanded into her massive continuity of life. Yeah, that's true. Is she robbing this guy? Yeah. He's just trying to have some chit-chat, some small talk. He's lonely. And she's going to take his money and run. Steal that burner phone and call up Dr. Foster. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say the last time? She's not going to be important. She's not going to come back. She's just a one-time. Valkyrie, we don't. Boom. 
It's page two. There she is. (laughs) I still stand by the fact that that was not her box at the title page of last issue. That's fine, but she's relevant. She came back again. She's still very much so a side character. And Moira's got fluoronic cancer. Yeah, fluoronics merged within her, woven into her cancer cells. And she assumes that it was intentional from the mutants. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't... I don't think that that's true. I feel like I understand that Charles and Eric put a tracker in her because they wanted to know where she was and what she was up to. And if anything happened to her. Right. And that way they could protect her because that's Charles's MO, deceive you, lie to you, say that it's for your, like spy on your brain, say that it's for your protection, you know. But just for them to be infusing her body with cancer and... Why Why would they do that? Why would they do something that would lead to her death if her death leads to the erasure of their their life, their yeah, timeline? That's why I don't buy it. It, doesn't I, it just doesn't sense. make any sense. That and does it's not check out. a quick assumption on her part to jump there. Yeah. So we'll see. I think we'll get more of that, and that might fuel her motivation a mm-hmm. little bit more. But I call bull, Moira. Bull. But she doesn't matter because she threw the phone out the window, so she's out. Burner. She burnt that burner. Title page. Dead run. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Federico Vincentini. Color art by Dijo Lima. Letters by Corey Pettit. VCs Corey We got a visual of our tech Nogan Bubsy. No name for him yet, though. Not yet, but. But I see. I swear to God. Ben Percy, if you write tech Nogan in that box, I'm going to lose my mind. Lose it. Lose yourself. I'm going to call you up and be like, I called it. I mean, I feel like you already have a moment of that in this issue, but we'll get there. Data page. The Wolverine anomaly. Sage working through it with all of her resources. It's interesting what she can read on people as you read through this data page that Mm -hmm. the fear, the emotional signatures in the words that are being said. But you can't tell that Black Tom is dead until you need something from him. Poor Black Tom. (laughs) I get no respect. You know, everybody just wants to tell me how to be. Poor Black Tom. And we go fishing for bubs. Oh, man. Visually cool sequence. These to, poor fishermen. To get an update on Technogan, I don't. I just felt a little much. But at least he doesn't kill them. At first, I was reading this and I was like, is he just murdering them all? Right. But no, nah, he's just like, go swimming, leave me alone. Right. Well, he, I mean, he loves fishing. So that's something that we know about Logan. So obviously that's why he's here. Oh, right. It's about fishing. It's right. not about stealing a boat to go right. on an adventure to find nope. Moira or anything. Nope. No. He does bleed though. Something to call out. He does. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> well, he's he looks like a technology man. He's got a human chin, but that's all we see. And when he's stabbed with the harpoon, he bleeds. And we kind of have like a, a shattered screen effect on his bicep mm. or, or pectoral. But this is what I was saying before too about his suit and how his suit appears to, it's not fully lit up all the time. Like the but only communication of the technology bits of it come and go. And it kind of reminds me of in the movies, like the Black Panther suit that like when it gets struck and it absorbs the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. force, that kind of thing. It looks like it itself is healing itself the, on the next page and the guy i gotta i gotta call out this guy stabs him and then he's like scream you, you're, you're supposed, supposed to scream, scream. like, he's like what the heck the... is going on 
That should be where your heart is. I don't understand. Okay, I'll just get in the water. Bye. Take my boat. Thank you. But look on that page, that last page of Technogan. It looks like in that top left panel that the suit is healing itself. Mm. And then he steals the boat. He's got to go. Motel Moira going hard with the emotions and reflections. Here's the thing. And this is where like, I'm really interested to see how this develops with her because you know, she's sitting here crying saying, this was my dream too. And I believed it and they betrayed me. Like you do two things. One, you do realize that your dream drastically changed when you decided that you really still wanted to pursue the cure. And two, you do know that Charles and Eric were not involved in what happened to you. Like you do know that Mystique led them to a trap. Mystique and Destiny got you. You probably know that Emma was involved, but. Well, I th- yeah, I think she knows Emma is involved. I don't know if she knows that Mystique led them to a trap, but maybe. Uh, I don't know if something's revealed in the dialogue between them in the no place. Maybe, but it's like, you know, the boys came to you. They were like, we, we don't know what to do. And then Mystique brought Destiny back and they came to you again. And they were like, oh, no. We messed up. We Moira. messed up. Mom, and, fix it. And then Mystique and Destiny kidnapped you. And so you have to like her her being so upset about this was my dream, too, and all this like. Charles is not the one who did this to you. You did this to you. You did well. Yeah, you did this to you, but also like, this Mystique, is not Charles' fault, did this right? To you. Rightfully Don't tell so. anybody that I'm defending Charles, though. No, it makes sense. It's just the logic that she's jumping to doesn't add up. But she got to get rid of that arm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, before we get there, we have Mystique interrogating this guy who just trying to give away some rooms. At first, I, I couldn't remember like this guy's face. I was like, wait, is this the guy from the technology company? <laughs> no. And then... It's just some random guy. And it, it so Moira presumes that I've got a pretty good guess as to how Mystique is tracking me. So the she's arm. assuming the arm. Right. But it only tracks her to the motel. Can't tell you where about. Like, what I got to shake down this guy to actually get that information as Moira cooks herself up an iodine bath. Honestly, when she was doing this, I was like, what's she doing? Is she about to kill herself right yeah, now? Yeah, like I that. was uh, scared. Yeah. Uh, and I was so blown away. You didn't have to Google any of this before. How did you get a tub's worth of iodine from, was that from the convenience she store? She definitely stole it from the convenience store, yeah. Well, all we saw on those first pages were like energy drinks and, and caffeine pills. Yeah. And, and oh. Using an iron to colorize right. the wound. I just, Ooh. how long have you been planning to do this, Moira? Well, because she, she I, I don't know if she's done something like this. And this goes back to the idea of like all the experience that she's had and all the science. lives she's lived. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she had to do something like this at some point for somebody in it, one of her many lives. It feels like it. And and the fact that she does it with her, I mean, there's no speech bubble for a scream. So I assume that she doesn't emotionally scream and she just grits her teeth and bears it. She just screams on the inside. We get we get sound effect for the of the iron, which I, which is like that adds so much to it. And the arm dropping down all bloody. Mm, yeah. R.I.P. Techno arm. Bye. Mystique about to take those towels to the room. <laughs> she finds where she's going and heads to Moira's room and finds 
Moira is asleep, JK. It's just an arm. It's just an arm with a bomb. A homemade bomb, too? She had to have gone to another store. <laughs> Maybe. While Technogan was getting his boat. Money. Yeah. Oh, I'll buy the iodine, but I'm going to bang up the guy for the caffeine pills. I need my monster energy drink. Now, this is interesting. This conversation of yeah, there's what's going. What is Destiny referring to? Because Mystique is clearly dead, right? And Mystique dies. We actually get confirmation of that later on in the issue. And we know that it could be questionable if Charles is and Eric are going to let her be. I feel like they have to resurrected. She's a member of the council. There's no reason for them not to. Yeah, that's true. And I guess technically they don't know what she's been up to. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. But the the line. Interesting perspective for Destiny to take, but I sense that all may not be lost. A figure keeps materializing in my mind, a man in black, Death himself. And then we see Technogan Technogan in the the sky. But Technogan in the sky with the same yellowy eyes of Mystique. Right. And of... Of the technology from before. Epiphany. Epiphany. But we got another data page. Oh, this data page. This is the moment when I read it and I said, Justin's probably going, I was right. We are phalanx. We are phalanx. We are phalanx. So basically it's like, it's like I'm Wolverine, but in the background it's really like, no, just kidding. We're the phalanx. We're the phalanx. We're just, we're just dressing up as Wolverine. Okay. Hey, what's up with the phalanx? Hey, we're the bad guys the whole time. The singing stones, something introduced in Wolverine number eight. Built by Forge, supervised by Beast, and now super spy devices throughout the whole island. So they're investigating the egg thing that Technogan came in. Yep. And it's that's crazy. It's thousands of years older than Krakoa itself, yet it is... It's a thousand years older than Krakoa, but it's of the same genetic material. Yeah, what does that mean? It's It's got to... So... It's somehow connected to Kakoa, but also connected to Phalanx because Wolverine came out of it mm-hmm. and he's connected to the Phalanx. And Moira's seen this in her lives before. It's crazy. There's some kind of like wormhole situation. Wormhole, black hole, something. Yeah. Something. Where's Zorn? He's coming out. Rasputin. I mean, we get we get a hint. So many hints throughout about Powers of Ten. This whole sequence, he's just going to go into the burning building and they're like, do you guys want to stop him? No, no, that's okay. He's here. He found her. He's yep. Well, he he found her trail and Mystique's bones. Mystique's bones. I like that. The warlock you know, arm identified her whole, as Her whole warlock. skin burned off. But not her hair. But not her hair and just a little bit of her clothes stayed yep. just so we could identify this. Yeah, skeleton. just so you know, that's definitely Mystique. She's dead. Yeah, we're not stopping. Balance signal located. Warlock identified. Right, so it's picking up the fact that the arm was connected to Warlock. And then what is it that he's, where does he go? That he's putting his little techno self into this computer. Like, what computer is this? This is like the internet history of the... The motel? The motel, yeah. Moira logged on to a computer to search for this epiphany guy. But like, also there's 
porn and cooking shows and I mean it's the whole motel you know everybody's logged on doing stuff (laughs) and what's this little purple dude I feel like I've seen him before cartoon of sorts yeah and then the stun guns backfire well I wonder I wonder if he if Moira specifically leads him to epiphany as like a a route that she's not actually going I don't know because on the last page like we see her watching him look for her. Wait, what? Oh, that's what she's doing. Yes. Right. So she's got the sniper and she sees Technogan go into the car. But I feel like she was watching for Mystique and then she just happened to see. Which, yeah, which is why that kind of calls into question, you know, what she was doing. But she immediately knows I've seen the future. I just didn't think it would get here so fast. She knows this being Mm -hmm. from one of her lives that we have not seen or heard about. Yeah, this is a secret she's kept from all of us. Right. Or is it something, is it another Omega situation, travel back from the past? And there's a, there's a handful of threads that are indicating some, some time messing around. This is a good issue, and I don't understand how you didn't put it as the best one. I thought it was a really good issue. I think when I read it for the first time, I felt similarly to how I felt with 10 Lives 2, where it took something and it... it Played it out a little bit more and it gives a little bit more, but this had a lot more to it. I really dug into the specific details and clues and what it means for Moira and Technogan. I just, I thought that there was so much emotional and, and character payoff of New Mutants. Yes. <laughs> That's all. Why, why do you like this one better than New Mutants? Because this story is riveting. And I want more and more and more. And so it's more exciting. I agree. The New Mutants book is very heartwarming and fulfilling and and cathartic for a lot of characters and and has a lot of great moments. But this issue, it was was a fast read. It was fast paced. It gave me more information, but also gave me no one, like gave me questions, got me more excited about what could be happening I just felt like on a scale of hype, this one was the hypiest. The hype beast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I also recognize the fact that this is issue two of a story, issue four of a larger 10 issue story. So you're still building up that hype. You're still, mm-hmm. and the New Mutants issue is very much so the end cap yep. on a full run of issues. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. I've really enjoyed the new mutants issues themselves. And I mm-hmm. think that that's why I lean, lean more towards that way. So. I, I love new mutants I'm all about it. But also at the end of the day, we got to put them in some order and you really get to choose. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been a problem for the last couple of weeks. No, not a problem. Just a disagreement. That's all. Yes. So I it, have agency now. Anyway, what are your questions? What are your thoughts? What do you got kicking in the notes over there? So Krakoan. Yes. Blood in the water. Ooh, and that'll sharks. be for next week's lives of Wolverine. Blood in the water. Is Technogan from a past life of Moira's? Yes. Question mark. Any thoughts on which one? And well, honestly, I, I wish I had more time. I would have gone back to... House of X number two to just get any more of the clues that we've gotten. I mean, it feels like he has to be, I don't know, like the one we talked about where she was in the habitat. Was that life nine? 
That was life six. Life six. Like that one. Or the the one with the Ascension people. Is that also life six? Yes. I just can't imagine him uh, being. No, that's life nine. That's year 1000. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't. I, I don't have enough data points. <laughs> what do you think? I don't I don't know. I just I, I want it to be. And maybe that's just what I'm reading into it is that the phalanx figured out some way to travel through the lives of Moira. And that's the big thing that we get at the end of this. And yeah. Interesting. Because I feel like I, I wasn't able to locate it. But we've seen some kind of bulge, some kind of darkness brewing under Krakoa or to the side or in the ocean. Yeah, but those were in, that was in like X Factor. No, X Force, I think. Also written by Percy. Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously, you know, he's bringing the tumor. In, right. Yeah. He's bringing in so many of his other threads. Right. Was that the same thing? The whole time. Right. And we've seen like the Leviathan or like the big whale creature. And there was the one time where vines were coming out of its mouth. Yeah. And, I don't know. It's crazy. There's so many unanswered questions. So many things that feel like it could be connected to that right thinking about the the title again x deaths of wolverine so we we think that we've attributed the idea that it's going to be about the times that wolverine has killed potentially and is that is there a time where wolverine is going to kill moira and then something happens you know you think about life six where he stabs into her in the habitat and does he actually kill her or yeah, that's what he does best. So maybe he does, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that it's interesting because the, the lives title feels very relevant to what's going on, but the deaths does not. Right. And I wonder if it was more, we're going to call it lives and deaths, but deaths is just going to be this other story. And like, we're hanging on to the title too much. Right. But I, cause I can't, or, no, that doesn't make any sense. I was going to say there's like some kind of thing happening within Krakoa because of all the mutants who have been resurrected over and over again. Like Wolverine's probably had the most times that he's died in a mission and, and some weird thing happened where one of his bodies got absorbed into Krakoa and hmm. or all his reproducing like syph- Krakoa's tumor started siphoning off bits of that to build this phalanx thing that is connected through warlock because warlock's been there the whole time and right well that that brings us back to the idea of in powers of 10 you get the breakdown of the technarchy being unaware of their mission to right go out find places to catalog to essentially prepare them for being digested by the phalanx right and warlock is like inside krakoa and so he doesn't know that he's been allowing the facts the phalanx access this entire time and that's what i had been saying way back in when we were talking about house of x and powers of 10 that there was going to be or not then but when we had the the reveal originally in of inferno of of warlock being infused with Krakoa, we had that conversation about like, is this the phalanx like sneaking in? Right. And maybe that's what's happening. And maybe they I mean that was that was the big question in House of X when, right. when Doug he just touches touched the, the plant. leaves. But it's just it's it's really interesting. And I don't know, it's it's one of those things where 
I want to break it apart, but I also feel like no matter what I think, it's never going to be the, what it actually is. Maybe. But it's fun to speculate. Oh, yeah, always. Great issue. We'll speculate more on our Patreon episode. That's true. Okay. Put that one away. Time for New Mutants. Do we do we jump to Life of Wolverine? And, or do we just... No, we just do those two little nuggets at the end. Okay. <laughs> New Mutants. Shoots and Ladders. I love this cover primarily because I love Shoots and Ladders. I love this cover too, but I think... I, I know because the old New Mutants had Warlock involved and the art style of those original runs warlock is so very suited for but people keep putting him on covers and he doesn't have anything to do with the new mutants anymore it's true he has not been involved in any of these issues but he has been pretty on so highly many featured. covers yeah and it's interesting to see how he's intertwined with krakoa just here on the cover mm. how everybody else is taking a shoot or taking a ladder but he is just part of the tree part of the tree that's interesting I think a lot of this conceptually is the the movements that the different characters are going through in their arc. But yeah, this you've got everybody changing, everybody making developments as Krakoa and Warlock are intertwining. Maybe that's going to feed into the future. Maybe. That's a good point. I didn't um, realize that at first either. So that's cool. All right. Ready? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Final page turn noise of the episode. We're at the bar, hanging out at my favorite spot, the Green Lagoon. Magic and Richter talking about connection, community. Feels kind of random, but okay, I'll bite. You know, a little concept framing from our bar pals as we dive into the issue. A little setup. I saw a lot of hate for the art in this issue, and I get it. The faces, for sure, look off and kind of blotchy. There's some other definition lost or, or shifted in what we see. But I think it, it also goes back to what you're saying. You know, someone worked on this. Someone did a lot of work to this. And right. they are at a level that is beyond anything that I can do. Yes, agreed. And, you know, even when I was a kid, aspired to want to be able to do. And so to see this, there were some pages that I really do really like, especially when the the colorist is on high gear throughout this issue. I feel like the colors are going big. There's the upcoming page with the purples and the greens that I'll point out, but I mean, I personally that this is not an art style that I am a big fan of. Correct. But I agree. I think this person worked really hard on this, and this is their style, and somebody will enjoy it, and somebody will like it, and it doesn't have to be for everybody. But it just felt more like Saturday morning newspaper comics than this type of a comic and i think especially when you're reading a book like new mutants and so much of the art of new mutants has a um a specific flavor to it that you're expecting and then you come into a book that the flavor is just it's just a like a complete 180 of the style so i think it just comes across a little bit shocking but it's still art yeah what'd you guys think Tell us. Tell us what you thought. Title page. What is given? What is deserved? Written by Vita Ayala. Art by Danilo Beruth. Color art by Dan Brown. Letters by Travis Lanham. VC's Travis Lanham. Wolfsbane and Moonstar. This is still a mystery. 
even at the end of this issue, Rain being unable to find Tear or any resurrection help. Yeah. So, so I gotta, a, gotta know what's going on there. Right. And, and we don't. You know, this is a thread that will continue into another arc because this is very much so the close of a lot of things mm-hmm. or, or really not even close, but acknowledgement of change and next steps. This could have been an annual. You know, it felt like in the same way that Marauders was tying up things together before it started a new thing. Yeah. This could have served as an annual versus I don't, I don't mind it as just a regular issue. I actually really like this issue as evidenced by me defending it. As, as evidence of its placement in the episode. It's such a cool conversation here and a way to think about death. We talk about how death has no meaning now in X-Men comics, but here we see two ways how it means a lot. We have the death of Tyr that is not being re- able to be resurrected. Mm-hmm. And we have the death of Rain and how it affected Danny and their close connection. Yeah. A lot of impact that we otherwise don't normally get when someone dies. It just feels like, oh, we'll see them again. It's fine. They'll be resurrected. Right. We'll see at the Green Lagoon. It's this page. Yeah, this is a nice page. It's the the layout. It's the colors. A lot of themes coming up in the start. So miscommunications and how that's causing pain between mutants. The lasting impacts of death. And recognizing and apologizing when wrong has been done. Which that one carries through a lot of characters yes people be making amends in this book like cosmar and danny mm-hmm. right here danny's judgment to call out what was best for cosmar earlier on honestly these pages were pretty cool too just seeing in cosmar's mind as she reacts to all the things that she's gone through and the way she feels about herself i'm a twisted nightmare yeah yeah i mean it's nice to see her get to explore this struggle that she's been having this entire run and also for Danny to acknowledge that she didn't make a call based on an act- actually listening to the problem. She just made a call based on an assumption. And for me, this was a really good moment because I got upset when Cosmar asked Danny and Danny shut her right down, right. but then was like, oh, but I'll do it for you, Karma. Right. And that was, that felt wrong to me. That felt almost uncharacteristic of Danny to not have taken a moment to be understanding to what Cosmar was going through and to at least hear her out and think about how she could help her. And so this moment was, was really a nice one for me of saying, you know, we're, we're going to help you through this. And also we acknowledge the wrong that we did and not hearing you out, you know, and not really trying to fully empathize with your side of the story. Right. It's only adding even more characteristic Danny moves of, okay, maybe I made a mistake. We all make mistakes as right. we will see. And I'm atoning for it. I'm making up for that mistake. Right. Honestly, I was, however many pages in and i was like oh this is a great danny issue <laughs> well every issue with danny is a great danny issue yeah that's true I, mask is living his best life so many works so many great things that he's done and just the pride that he takes and the the way that he's talking about it like let's see if we can't help you see what we see yeah that's beautiful that, right like he, he's mask was never a good guy <laughs> yeah i would imagine that I mean, just from the way he looks, it seems like he was meant to be a creepy villain. Right. So he's a Morlock and he is he kind of leads an uprising of Callisto's 
side and he kind of takes some other guys and goes off to do their own thing. And this piece that he's found here is just so unexpected and, and a really cool connection point to Marauders. And I just really like that concept of, you know, there's a there's a back and forth, and I think we've talked about it before, in owning your physical mutation mm-hmm. and acknowledging that that's part of what makes you unique. And what we see in the aftermath of what Mask does with her, it's not a complete disappearance of that. It's just in a way that makes still makes her feel better about herself. And I just think it's an interesting point to think about in that I can understand how a physical mutation, even though you want to still uh, have pride in the fact that you're a mutant, still doesn't make you feel welcome and accepted in your own mind. Especially with all the pretty pretties around. You know, everybody else that gets to hide their mutation. Right. And you just want to be, quote unquote, fixed. Right. Brothers. Brothers. Oh, this has been an interesting through line, these Warpath journal entries, mm-hmm. getting to know a little bit more about James and really coming to a finale here with what he's been dealing with, what he's been reflecting on. And, and Vita's voice for Warpath has been mm-hmm. really spot on. Throughout. Yes, it's really wonderful. So many emotional beats throughout this issue, though. The Proud Stars, honestly, when I wrote The Proud Stars... You know the proud, the family? proud family. Yeah, that's all I could think oh of. Oh my like, god! It's the proud stars. What is that theme song? I have no idea. Proud family, something. No, that's the smart guy. He's a smart guy. I don't know. This reunion is huge, though, and the way the two brothers play against each other, like this, this <laughs> nagging each other. That was it. Why didn't you meet me? That wasn't it. Try again. That reeks of. I'm sorry. It was just the inflection which you said two brothers. Two brothers. <laughs> All I could think about was Rick and Morty and I was trying to hold my laugh because this you is were like not a trying. serious moment. <laughs> two brothers. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, brothers. This all-white panel? Yes. Really beautiful. And this this is where I feel like, yes, the art still is the same. The colors are a little bit more naturalistic. But the emotions in their faces really play through. It's honestly, for me, it's specific characters that right. I don't it's rain. enjoy. It's Magic yep. and Rain and Danny a little. Um, and then Gabby a little bit later. But it's not all of the art is totally like, oh my God, I hate it. It's just some of the characters are not drawn how I see them, right? Mm-hmm. How I like to see them, but... The composition and the overall structure of the pages is really well done. Yeah, and just the emotional beats that you hit, especially mm-hmm. on this last page where James has felt like he has failed his brother's memory by not avenging his death, something that almost had him kill Xavier in Uncanny X-Men 193. But just having the brother come back, having John Proudstar come back and and tell you, you know, you can rest, you've carried it. Oh my God, I, I almost teared up reading this page Must i did be a brother thing it's a brother thing you know it's a it's a brother and a responsibility and it's like thunderbird's death has been huge for warpath throughout his entire life throughout his entire comics history and this moment is historic B- between these mm-hmm. two characters this is a huge moment and it's also a really beautiful image to see that you know the larger looming brother is getting consoled and comforted by the smaller like 
You know, just because you're the big, you've been here, you've been you've dealing aged up. with the brunt of all of this. I can still be there for you. I'll still hold you. I'll still take care of you. Right. Because that's when, really beautiful. When John dies, James is much smaller. Mm-hmm. He's much smaller. Just physically, his mutation hasn't kicked in until years later. You see this in a uh, X-Men Classics backup story where you actually see James dealing with the effects of John being told being told that John has died mm. uh, and, and just seeing their difference now and seeing just the sadness in his face but just, also it's like the happiness too right and just to know that you know originally when you find out about resurrection and then you have like a glimmer of hope oh my gosh I could get my brother back but then you have this realization like I can't get my brother back because he's not actually backed up um, but then you do get your brother back Thanks, Wanda. So many emotions. So many emotions. <laughs> Shout out to the snarky editor's note from SB. If you also missed Thunderbird's resurrection, you're out of excuses. Go read Trial of Magneto number five right now. Right now. The back of the bar. Back of the bar. Bringing it back together. Connecting even further. The Green Lagoon has therapy nights every other Wednesday. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Blob is just serving it up and... It's just a big old shoulder to cry on. I don't think you're supposed to do therapy with alcohol. I don't know. That's how therapy should work. It's a it's a circuit, you know. <laughs> you combine therapy and alcohol, and it gets super therapy. It gets dangerous. Circuits are the goal, coming together to be something more. It's something that magic calls out, and I think is really interesting to think of in this era, thinking of how that is the opportunity in front of them in ways that has not previously been honestly even part of the gifted the show that was really when they were holding hands Ah, and trying to right so it was connecting to the struckers Mm -hmm. and how their power works and well other mutants could do that interesting concept Mm -hmm. and madeline is just chilling in the background for now yeah with like, she was resurrected given her green jumpsuit and was like no 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 i'm gonna wear my naked mama's outfit. going out mama's going to the green lagoon tonight ay 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 picking up some summers boys oh man <laughs> get out of here it's always summers on krakoa no girl doesn't want to be no girl anymore <laughs> give martha a body it's just a nice very basic request form we're about to tell you something new is about to happen yeah no girls getting a body yeah which is huge her entire continuity has been except for like one like some one-offs in the future her entire continuity has been the floating brain in a jar type thing yeah and i mean it is what ends up happening with this whole reveal and this whole section of this the next couple of pages and and storm making this big to do about her getting because i'm sure they do not do this for every time that somebody is resurrected right it's well, i like, mean sometimes they didn't for what fabian right i think is the only one that is specifically called out that we weren't there we were oh but you should have seen for for this guy it was amazing yeah but just this it and and no girl i believe or what is her name now Sarabella. um brings up in past issues this is an island that can create a body like why am i suffering without a body she there's no excuse for that this whole time and it's well it's 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 individuals priorities versus the group's priorities right is is the group thinking about this one in particular when 
you know, the resurrection machine is backlogged with hundreds of thousands of however many potential mutants and, and chimeras and, and okay well one the mutants that are backed up that haven't yet been resurrected can wait because they don't know what they're missing and the council members to go get themselves killed willy-nilly should have to have a little bit of a but i'm saying is it's it's not on their radar until they put it on the radar and then they fix it and so i'm just kind of you know in, in stormy recognizes that Right, but that's what I'm saying. I think it was on their radar and they were like, it's not important. I don't know. But it is important because yes. you're preaching that this island is a safe space for all mutants and then you have a mutant who is unhappy because they don't have a body. Right, but what I'm what I'm wondering or arguing is how did she express that unhappiness except to the Lost Club, which is the only time that we've seen it. Yes, mm-hmm. you can assume that she is unhappy because she was violently tested on by the U-men and manipulated into being this this form that is not what she wants to be. But without them having those previous conversations and forming the Lost Club, do we get to that point? Or is it just you hope someone else is like, hey, hey, no girl. I mean, Martha, would you would you ever want like a body? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I just assumed that because they had been talking about it, the question had been asked, but maybe not. But it's fine because the storm is making a a big to do, and, and they fixed it. And I love this storm in terms of the the art look of storm right now. Oh, you don't. I like her body in this profile image. I do not like her face. Her eyes are creepy, and she looks like she's eighty six years old. Yeah, I was talking more of the first panel. Yeah, that profile image is nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you want to call out Sarah Bella, right? Mm-hmm. This head in a body looks a lot like Silabelle from Powers of Ten. <gasps> oh, my God. And this is the first time we've seen anything similar to that. That's a- Another Powers of Ten connection. Silabelle. She's dying in a vat in the garage. That was two Rick and Morty references in one episode. Anyway, Cosmo's back. Yeah, we tie it all together on this big splash page. Little window reunions and conversations as we bring all of our themes into one. May I ask a question? Yes. Um, who, what, who is that? With karma. Right. And you'd think that they would give you a name at least. That's Galora, who most people would not know having just seen the page. This is their second appearance. Their first appearance was in Marvel Voices Pride number one from last June. The same issue that introduced Somnus, which Mm -hmm. I think is really interesting. This was in a story written by Vita where karma was trying to pluck up the courage to talk to Galora. Gabriella, I believe is her name. I see. Okay, well, now at least I kind of know who she is. But yeah, they make no mention of her. But they're together. Right. But no, like, oh, this is who this person is. And and they're not shy about the fact that they're together. No. But also... They're they're shy about the fact that Danny and Wolfsbane are... They're together. They're they're soulmates. They're They're, they're head-to-head, forehead-touching. Right. They're together. We know. We saw New Mutants. We saw the we movie. No. 
Also, did Madeline just break up with Havoc? Like, what is happening? He is so sad. She is looking off in the distance while they're sitting awkwardly in two chairs next to each other. Then close-up on magic. Then Madeline walking away with Havoc with his head down in the background. I think she he did. He had her for 30 seconds. Yeah. The man pleaded for her return. For All he wanted was her back. He finally got it. And she was like, mm-hmm. Gotten this new lease on life. I'm you know what? No. Going to be my own person. It's not you. It's me. No, it's you, Havoc. Oh, poor Havoc. I'm Al Farouk. Ah, oh, gosh. Coming to terms with Amal, the person, and wishing him well on the next steps. I thought this was a great ending arc, and I love these. These two panels stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Kind of giving you a highlight reel of the last couple of issues of New Mutants. But this is this is what I'm blown away by. Like this image of magic, yeah. I really like it. But the other ones, it just feels different. But anyway, Farouk, he's here trying to understand what, what his new place is, but it's not here on Krakoa. Nope. You need to go. Where are they sending him? You got to do some time. Where is he going to be like rehabilitated? I don't know if we know. Maybe in because he's going to lend his help to David Haller later on. So maybe it's somewhere in the temple, right? So mm, the, perhaps the Legion of X, which is kind of turning into some kind of cop drama sorts. I don't know. Cop drama. And then this last tease at the end. This is not how I thought we were entering this next story. No, when I read this, I was like, "Wait, what?" I, I assumed, thought we were getting this set up for like a battle. And yeah. this is like, "Do you guys want to work through our stuff together?" I assumed fire and violence, but this is so cordial. It's so kind. It's like, "Hey, Maddie, would you like to be the queen of limbo? You got to do these things. You got to do these labors." Yeah. Because that's what the Krakoan is, the labors of magic. Oh, interesting. Kicking off our next arc, being billed as a great jumping on point. Everything's a great jumping on point. Just jump on. Just jump on. What'd you think of this issue? I really liked it. I I thought it was very heartwarming and nice to see and touch upon all the things that have been going on in New Mutants over the course of the run and nice to have some reconciliation between some characters and like you said earlier i feel like it did very much what that episode um what that issue of marauders did where it sort of tied things up but then gave us a setup for the next these are the things and also in in a similar way to what we were talking about with that issue is that these characters could just be on hold in these places for a little while and we could come back to them later or the very next issue could pick up with where these stories want to go next. Right. So we'll go and follow Magic Story. We might not get an immediate resolution for Rain mm-hmm. and Tear. That that's the a- only one that's like, we got. are we going to get that soon? Because that's the only thing that feels really unresolved and really like... Causing a lot of pain we, too. And, and we don't really know much about it. Like, you know, we just know that it happened and we, I feel like we haven't gotten really any more information other than the fact that it's really bothering Rain. It's really bothering Rain. It's not registering up on Cerebro that Tyr is right. actually dead. It's interesting because the... So she calls out Guido, mm-hmm. strong guy, who makes two appearances this week, not including that mention. 
in Secret X-Men and in X-Men Unlimited. And in X-Men Unlimited, he talks about his time in hell. Yes. And the time that essentially he killed Tyr and, and where that story is coming from. What do you think that's going to be? What do you think hell is related to? Uh, well, in Sabretooth, Mr. you're saying? Mr. Saber? Yeah. Well, at least something. Mr. Tooth. The fact that we're teeing it up in a couple of various ways. Yeah. Th- that's not just going to be shelved without any further explanation. Right. right. It well, feels that's like what I'm that saying. That's... it's being set up to be dealt with. It's it's got more energy going into it than these last two panels. Like, <gasps> hey, you want some magic? Hey, girl. Hey, girl. There are so many things happening between the characters in this issue. Agreed. Very little action, but so much story. It's all sifting through and acknowledging where these characters are. A really great closure for a lot of the story arcs that mm-hmm. Vita has been working on and not everything has been resolved or put to rest fully, but a good majority of it was at least acknowledged and moved in some way. Strong weaving character arcs. I just I, I keep on wanting to call that out, and I felt it while we were reading it, but looking at it now in retrospect with this kind of feeling like an end to that as an arc really hits more of the, wow, this is the the progress made with each of these characters. Well, I think that's something that Vita's done really well throughout the whole run is really make you feel connected to this growing network of characters and and understand their relationships and their individualities, like how all of those things combined make them a family within the larger scope of Krakoa. Yeah, yeah. I want to see the shapeshifter come into this somehow i feel like that's got to be where they come in what is her name carmen carmen yeah yeah carmen gimmick yeah i mean if she's gonna fall anywhere being a new mutant a new new mutant is where she shall go well it just also connects to the fact that vita co-created that character in children of the atom they wrote children of the atom and also connects back to this idea that i was talking about how characters are being introduced in one-off one-shot stories anthology stories these voices stories and then being fleshed out later on by that same writer so steve orlando the writer now of marauders Mm -hmm. wrote that somnus story so he created this character to then tie in and play a little further i really like that i think it's it reminds me kind of a a reverse effect of curse going into x-men green you know there's so many mutants and yes. it's hard to even get the ones that we all know and love and want stories of. But then you also want to add to the biggerness of society, the, right. the fullness of Krakoan life and how there are mutants that we've never met before and still mutants being born. Right. Exactly. And how do you balance all that? Still new mutants finding their way to Krakoa that you've never you've never even heard of. Yeah. Whose story were you the most interested in? in this in this issue and in this run. So I, I pulled out some of the ones, Danny and Wolfsbane or Wolfsbane in general, Cosmar and the Lost Club, Danny's relationship with Cosmar, Gabby and the Wolverines that just kind of got, t- we didn't really mention that, but that was resolved sort of in the end. Uh, Martha Johansson, the Proud Stars, I think, Amal Farouk. I think Gabby, Cosmar and the, the uh, Lost Club. Yeah. I think they're the thing that I was the most interested in because I liked the new development of their stories and it wasn't something I had known. And it it always feels exciting to me to have 
characters that like I'm experiencing their beginnings with everybody else and I'm not the only one, you know, they're new characters. It's a new story. There's not history that other people know about them really that I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I connect with them. But I also just thought their little group was very interesting. Well, and it called out a lot of the problems with Krakoa and, mm-hmm. and how they felt like they didn't belong in the structures that had already been developed. Yes. And what about you? Mm. <laughs> when I put the question back on you. I don't mind it. I don't I like it. Um I think that Warpath and just him kind of going through development somewhat in silence in the background and through these journal entries and just processing through this. Mm was a lot and and really just exploring where he's been through the years and how he feels about these things. And I felt like the journal was a really great way of doing that. Yeah. I love the journal entries. I really, and and this kind of goes into the next question, but I really liked the distinction between Amal Farouk and the shadow King. And I felt like that was a big arc or a big part of, and served as the big villain in a sense I also thought it was really interesting that the way they worded it in this issue, it was something along the lines of like, is definitely dead. Like that is the actual end of the Shadow King. They made it very definitive with how they worded it, which is like questionable. Is it actually definitive? But the way that they worded it was like, wow, you put you put a strong word in there. Shadow King could be hanging out on the astral plane. Have a section of himself. You, you're really gonna say that never gonna bring back the Shadow King ever? They said outcome, permanent. Well, so not that he's dead, but permanent removal of right. the entity known as the Shadow King from the mutant Ama- Amal Farouk. So he's been the Shadow King has re- been removed from Farouk, but could enter someone else. Someone else. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely. The Proud Star story and, and Farouk's and even just I, I really gravitate towards the New Mutants team and their concept of this as a a premise. Mm-hmm. The fact that they created the concept for this book through their message to Charles. <laughs> How do you feel about Amal's punishment slash retribution? The fact that he's now being able to be seen as a new character uh, a lot of people kind of on the fence with that. You know, how do you separate the man that was being possessed by the Shadow King from the Shadow King's actions that were done in his body? I think it's the right. What they're doing is the right choice. Yeah. In a sense, they're sending him to a rehabilitation facility of sorts. Like his mind was changed and manipulated by someone that was not him, and. I wonder if there's some sort of connection to something like Stockholm Syndrome, you know, where you start to relate to your captor and you can't, you you don't run away even when the door's wide open because Mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. just programmed that way. And I think especially with the way that they depicted that he was trapped in his own mind and he was really taking a backseat to what was happening on the shot and the strength of the individuality of the entity of the Shadow King and that they really were two separate entities within him. I think the decision to say, you know, he's not responsible for those actions, but he does need to take some time to, you know, figure out who he is without the Shadow King. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's the right call. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think just even the way that the new mutants approach it in not everyone can forgive you, but we can work towards that or we can work towards a agreement of where we're at as individuals. For sure. Those are our three physical comics or or full-length comics feature comics. We have two quick infinities. Two little nuggets. Which one do you want to talk first? X-Men Unlimited? Yeah, let's talk about X-Men Unlimited first. I mean, there's there's a, not a lot to say. Right. And that, I feel like these will be kind of quick. So it's downtime featuring Madrox and Strong Guy. And it's basically X-Corp Part 2. Which is questionable if we need. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> On, yes, I agree. And as I was reading this, I was like, are you trying to get me into an X-Corp comic again? Because I recognize these characters. They're mentioning X-Corp. They're talking about Monet and Warren. And then and, they show up. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to care about X-Corp, but I actually enjoyed this. It's just a fun little yeah, character a fun, story. a fun little story, you know? And Jamie's it, on vacation with his fam. Strong guy's going jet skiing. There's tiny little shark monsters. And then the island floats. Out. Like, what is that? Well, is that's that? the base. That's X-Corp's base, right? So all the oh. elements of X-Corp are being worked into this now Infinity comic because, and it's what I was saying later on, X-Corp still exists in the background. So we right. can still get stories that connect to it a little bit, but don't really get a full, right? we, we spent those five issues assembling our board. And now if you do something like this or you do a one shot later I mean, on. Yeah, it was fun. I, I'm interested issue, yeah. in, in what those little shark things were. Oh, yeah. Because when it was, when they were going underwater and diving down to it, I was like, this feels very technogan eggy. Yeah, that big egg. Yeah. It looked a lot like that, but they're not on Krakoa, right? So they're right. near Monster Island. Which is just like, oh, near Monster Island, tiny millions of baby killer sharks hatch out of eggs because it's Monster Island. That's what happens sometimes. Monster Isle. And we're not even... The, so writer and artist Jason Liu. So it seems like he wrote did the art and the colors and the inks. So hats off to Jason Liu. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We won't get part two until issue 27. This is issue 21 of X-Men Unlimited. So we'll get something in between potentially next week. Cool, cool, cool. Potentially a full series in between. That's what it seems like. That's enough space for a five-part issue. Mm. And Life of Wolverine. Life of Wolverine. Honestly, I feel like this was even more of an offender of what you were saying last time. (laughs) It just, it feels like, and then this happened. It's just the Wolverine timeline. It's like, just let's fill you in. I mean, I did think it was interesting to see the the, um, meeting of Raven before she was Mystique and their Western bank robbing gang. Yes. That was cool. Right. And what would be great is you put a little editor's note or I swear, if there's not an article released this weekend from Marvel... I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet Didn't at them so many times. Say that literally last week, right? But they did it after the first two issues. Okay. So now they do it after the second two issues. You're like, let me get let me get the information on where I get these stories. Right. I mean, I'd read that little western story. I know you would. I love a western. But yeah, I, we. I just, read my origins. You know, we, we just got some more time points, some more threads of. You know, filling in. I do think it is an interesting concept, though, to have, you know, Lives of Wolverine is going back through all these time points that may you may or may not 
really get much context for. So this is just saying, hey, and then this happens to him and then this happens to him and this is all the stuff that he doesn't remember and we're giving you like a general wash of just all the crazy that's been in Wolverine's life. Yeah, but I just want more. You know? Yes, I want, of course. I want, we, we have the first meeting of Wolverine and Ogun. And is that Patch? Patch later on, yep. Where he's got, got an eye patch. That, that is all that makes Patch Patch is that he wears an eye patch. And then we end it with meeting uh, Captain America. But before and that, we train with, with Black, Black Widow. Widow. Yeah. And they, there's a classic Uncanny X-Men issue that this is referencing where the cover is the three of them on it and it kind of connects their story. Mm. So that's teeing that up. That's cool. That was a lot of comics. Yeah, it was. But we did it. And we enjoyed it. Yeah, we did. Hope you did too. What was your favorite for the week? Tell and, us. And why was it New Mutants? <laughs> <laughs> why was it Wolverine? Um, yeah, and uh, as we've been mentioning, we're doing a little, a smaller, deeper dive into each of the Wolverine issues. They're like, you know, eight to 12 minutes long of us just kind of picking apart every little detail and making a timeline that, Maybe we'll be something and maybe we'll come to nothing. Honestly, I, I love the opportunity to talk more about the comics because I feel like we have this and then we don't talk comics until like next Thursday. Right. We, like we're we not, are silent. We don't talk about comics unless it's like, oh, did you see this? Uh, that's cool. Yeah, we very rarely, we like to save all of our comic conversation for our th- authentic podcast material. So between that and then if we have something we really want to talk about, we do this other thing on our Patreon that we call Couch Convos. And so all of our Patreon content is just casual conversation that I'll just whip out my phone and we'll record whatever the casual conversation is we're having because you know, often we'll start to talk about something and then we won't want it to not be content. So we'll just be like, oh, hold on. Let me just get my phone and let's start this conversation over. Must content. Um, so yeah, we have the couch convos on there and then we've been doing what we are referring to. I stole Justin's uh, Weeks of Wolverine. So Stole it right out from under me. That's that's what's going on there. So if you see that uh, posted on our Instagram stories, that's what we're talking about. And our Patreon is just $3 a month. So if you're interested, just look up the Ex-Wife Podcast on Patreon. And uh, don't forget to get your Emma Was Right t-shirt. Shout out to our patrons for your support. Thank you all for yes. joining in and adding to the conversation. Really appreciate you guys. Yeah, that's that's a little nugget of a community that we're just thrilled to have. And, and we really appreciate you. And uh, we will be having some new Tee Public merch coming up in the next few weeks or so. So, what's next week? Ooh, I don't know. You tell me. Ten Lives of Wolverine number three. Yeah, yeah. X Men number eight with Modok. Modok. And Marvel Voices Legacy number one. So the black creators oh, and yes. characters. And we'll see. Maybe we'll get introduced to another new mutant that we'll see in a story eight months later. Done. And done. I'll have no recollection of it, and I'll have to Google. Go back and go. Where did I see this? Karma before? Bird Girl. Karma Bird Girl. Until next time, old friend. Charles Bird Girl! (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.